0: Yes, I knew,
1: Sister White.
0: We will not fear.
1: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move when the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely.
0: I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices. Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Bonnie Dwyer, editor of Spectrum Magazine and executive director of the Adventist Forum organization. It's great to see you, Bonnie.
1: Likewise, Alex. Always a pleasure.
0: Yes. Well, congratulations on making it almost all the way through 2020.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It has been a challenge, hasn't it?
0: (laughs) Yes. So I want to talk to you about a few things today. One is the um, newest issue of the journal. Congratulations. Great. Um, And then in addition to that, I'd like to um, hear your reporting on the most recent scholarly meetings. And then um, as we're moving into the Advent season, I always uh, think it's important for Adventists to think about the ways that um, our um, denomination and our culture connects in with the two thousand year history of of Advent as the wider Christian community thinks about it. So, are you game to talk about all of that?
1: You bet. Great. Let's let's
0: do it. Okay, good. Well, let's actually start off with the, uh, some reporting. Um, the the um, Society of um, Adventist philosophers and this Adventist society for religious studies both met as they do every year, um, in the week around Thanksgiving and you, um, attended both virtually. I How did. Was what, uh, what was the general feeling from it?
1: Uh, they were both really dynamic conferences I didn't know what to expect from a virtual conference and I think both organizations pulled off really wonderful meetings uh, virtually. I think the audience grew, for instance, significantly for the Society of Adventist Philosophers. I think they probably doubled the number of people who were uh, attending because of the virtual nature of it. Oh, great. it allowed for a more international audience for both meetings on the Adventist uh, Society for Religious Studies. There were people there from really all over the world participating. And their main address on Sabbath morning, Sigvi Tonstad, preached from Norway. And so it, it was a enlarged uh experience because of that. They tried to maintain and keep the conversational nature that's so important to scholarly conferences. And, and they did a pretty good job of that. I, you can't duplicate going out to lunch with everybody and, and sitting and talking for a long period of time about what you've just heard. Uh, although they, at ASRS, they just, uh, even during their breaks, they left the Zoom open so that anybody who wanted to just sit and visit uh, via Zoom could. And I think a lot of people did. So it was... The atmosphere was um, friendly and congenial, and and uh, talked to um, tough topics like those conferences are want to do, and and were really, I think, very good. I particularly uh, because the a Society for Religious Studies was discussing Sabbath, which is one of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, found it particularly unusual in the papers that were presented and in what I walked away with. So I, uh, but the philosophers did a great job too. Bo- both were really good meetings.
0: Well, let's jump into the conversation about the Sabbath. What were some of the kind of big, uh, uh, intellectual takeaways, um, new hermeneutical approaches, um, new um, meanings associated with with um, the Adventist understanding of the Sabbath. What what stuck out to you?
1: Well, the uh, title of the uh, conference was "Sabbath Roots, Rest, and Resistance," and so there was a a lot of talk about social justice. And while I've always associated Sabbath with social justice, I don't know that I've heard it uh, discussed by so many people in so many different ways. Sure. And so, um, for instance, um, Andy Blesser, uh, a 2015 grad from Andrews uh, who lives in Illinois, and... um, is connected with uh, Loyola University and has helped with some churches there. Anyway, he did um, a piece on Jesus' Sabbath miracles and Adventist ethics. Mm. And it, it was an intriguing uh, piece because he was in the discussion of healing, he was differentiating between um, disease and illness. And saying disease is a bodily problem that can get fixed with medicine, uh, illness is uh, more societal and requires a cure beyond just uh, pills, and. It changes a person's status, oh. uh, and
0: so he so like was leprosy. Is that one of
1: the, um, the illustration that he was using? Uh, he was looking at Jesus' miracles and uh, and pointing out, for instance, that. Um, Jesus healed very intentionally on the Sabbath. Yeah, okay. It wasn't that Jesus that people just happened to come along and it's, oh, well, what am I going to do? I've, you know, no, Jesus set up the situation so that he could heal on Sabbath so that he could challenge mm-hmm. the Pharisees.
0: So they were political acts. It wasn't They just were political a acts. Person. It was sort of a public yeah. um, happening that people witnessed and. Um, And not just supporters of Jesus witnessed, also people who were uh, threatened by Jesus. Witnessed right.
1: And and, and, and deal with and and the point of the healing uh, was often beyond just um, the lime, uh, the lame man walking. It, it was the change in that person's status uh, in society. Um, and so then he was also taking this healing to healing of land mm. uh, and so talking ecology and uh, saying that Sabbath is a time to do um, to address societal issues and so so that was a really interesting Great. one and so then there was another one on healing uh, that went in a I think, a new direction for many, many people by Von Nelson. And Mm -hmm. he was talking about crip theology, Mm -hmm. which is coming out of cripples yeah, uh, and the whole kind of a
0: a language connected to ableism and helping us understand.
1: Yes. The way
0: that um, we uh, the identity that's connected to our physicality or 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 lack thereof.
1: And he talked about the time uh, element that's involved in a disability, that, that they do things at a different uh, speed. And he said that Sabbath ends up getting pulled into that discussion uh, a lot. And so he kind of explored how he Kind of came into discussing disability theology because there's a whole theology built all around that. Uh, And um, it was really a fascinating uh, presentation about, I think, ways of thinking about like disabled people live in the in-between they live in between what they used to be and what they hope to be Mm. and and that liminality position uh and the people who write about well what if the lame person doesn't get healed do we talk about uh them being uh their life in the now Mm. and uh the concept of now was really significant in, in that whole discussion. So, you know, just, uh, I hadn't seen that one coming at all. And, and he did a, a really fascinating job describing it and, and putting it out there as something that we need to be examining
0: more. That's something I always appreciate about, um, the, the um scholarly meetings is that it's really a chance for um folks to take um um big ideas that are out there kind of in the larger um community on the cutting edge and and thank goodness for them because they're willing to then um think about their adventism mm-hmm. and look for a para- pair uh, ways that 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 um both Worlds can inform each other, and and, and often you know help enriches. I mean, it's really the the history of what Spectrum has done is it's been a place where you get folks who are paying attention to kind of cutting edge ideas and helping that um, helping folks connect it to their their Adventist faith.
1: Well, I this year in particular, I've been going to these meetings now for twenty years, and have enjoyed the camaraderie and the conversation. and But the significance for the church really came home to me this time around uh, from these readings on Sabbath, because we talk about the importance of reading scripture together. So what does it mean to read scripture together as a church? Uh, Does that mean in your local Sabbath school? Yes, of course, You, you come to a different kind of understanding in your local Sabbath school when you read Scripture together. But for the church as a whole, where does the church as a whole read Scripture together? And this is the place where that happens. Yeah. And it's so important for us as a denomination that our scholars are are reading scripture together and spending time talking about it and uh, critiquing each other and and listening to scripture and to each other in whole new ways. That it, it is just so important for our community that this happened. And so I'm glad. Uh, the pandemic didn't uh, get in the way that uh, that reading continued and and will I know
0: so. Uh, well, you mentioned Sigve Tonstad. Do you mind um, giving us a sense of what what he, he, he did contributed?
1: Um, I'd be delighted to. Sikvi was also elected uh, to the leadership of ASRS. They have a situation where you, you kind of go through three years. You get elected as a vice president and then president-elect and president. So he was the person elected this year. And so in a couple of years, he'll serve as president. This year,
0: following in the tradition of you, (laughs) well, (laughs) of a lot of people
1: (laughs) (laughs) there. There have been a lot of um, since they have the presidency turns over every year, they've had a lot of. A lot of presidents. Um,
0: no election fraud that I'm aware of.
1: No, I, I, they, I don't think they had to recount the ballots or anything. I think everybody took it on, on the first go around. <laughs> so, um, but because of Sigvi's book, The Lost Meaning of the Sabbath Day, yeah. they invited him to preach the Sabbath sermon, right. which he did. Uh, and he did it from a church outside of Oslo. Really beautiful church, uh, technologically advanced. I mean, the the whole screen behind him or the whole wall behind him served like a screen. I mean, you know, they were putting up quotes and things like that on the wall. Uh, And it was just a, a really beautiful church. He talked about the meaning of Sabbath as divine commitment over divine commandment. We think about it as the fourth commandment, as something that we have to do. Mm -hmm. He talked about what God did uh, on Sabbath and that it is in Sabbath that God makes his commitment to man. And so that's where you see salvation from the very beginning is God showing up uh, on Sabbath to be with his creation and he is committed to his creation and committed to saving his creation. Yeah. Uh, it was That's beautiful. It was very beautiful.
0: Um, so it kind of, it, was there anything else, um, that came out of these meetings that you see kind of new directions in, in Adventist, um,
1: well, thought? a couple of other, uh, the current president, uh, of ASRS is Mathilda Fry from Walla Walla. Mm -hmm. And she did her presidential address on remembering and talked about she's a biblical scholar. And it was beautiful listening to her interpretation of scripture and seeing where she went for her stories of sabbath uh she says how we tell the story of sabbath makes a difference and she talked about sabbath like a character and uh related that to uh jewish rabbis who refer to the sabbath as the queen mm. or the bride sure. and uh so she was talking about that and then because of the social justice side, she went to Exodus 23 rather than Exodus 20 and looked at the text there and the remembering of your servant's son. Uh, So not only are uh, the people in your house, your manservant, your maidservant. This goes even further to the servant's son. And she drew a parallel between Hagar Mm. and uh, how um, Hagar is kind of the consummate example of that, how we treat others on, on Sabbath. So she did a beautiful job. And then the other person that, just was on fire with this social justice discussion was Nick Miller. Oh, great. And um, he has been going to Puerto Rico and started uh, to teach. He he does uh, a semester every year at uh, Antillian University there teaching. In, and he decided that he wanted to do that because he wanted to learn Spanish. And what he ended up doing was... Uh, having his social conscience uh, mm. really awakened there. So he was talking about Sabbath as Jubilee and the importance of, uh, and he talked about debt forgiveness and the significance of the Jubilee 2000 movement mm-hmm. that um, had debt uh, forgiven in a large number of countries, and and so he he was really talking the political side of Sabbath and saying that we need to recover that that it, we need to get past what happened in the twenties and thirties, and and recover our uh, justice understanding and jubilee understanding of Sabbath.
0: That's great to hear uh, these um, very real-world applications. Yeah.
1: Um, And then the other unusual uh, interpretation of Sabbath was done by Daryl Ward from Kettering. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the Sabbath as a holy day and the significance of holiness and that the holiness is – because it is consecrated by God, we don't make it holy. God made it holy. And because it is holy, that's why it's so important for us to remember. Mm-hmm. And so he discussed it as uh, in a similar manner to sacraments. And so was looking at communion and and what makes a sacrament mm-hmm. uh, holy. Uh, and the divine presence that comes in a sacrament Mm -hmm. being very important and that we need to recover that divine presence in our understanding of Sabbath and that that would make a big difference in how we uh, spend Sabbath.
0: Yeah, I would think that it would also help us think about – the way the incarnation yes. functions and its in its theological meanings for us today.
1: Yeah. And and that, sa- you know, it, it I don't I, later we're going to talk advent, uh, but it's this sabbath being present all week long. It's it's how do you hold on to that presence of God uh, all week long and which is what advent is. Mm-hmm. Um You know, so
0: well, before we get to our conversation about Advent, which dovetails nicely here, um, let's take a moment. And um, I'm sure, I'm hoping that some, as usual, some of these um, papers will show up in the pages of the journal. But, um,
1: well, I have one more thing that um, I should tell because we've already started uh, doing some of these on the website. On Sabbath morning, th- well, on Sabbath there were two panels. Uh, there was one for Sabbath school and then one in the afternoon. The one in the morning was a nice distillation of this concept of Sabbath and social justice. And But the papers were shorter because it was a panel. So mm-hmm. each panel member got, I don't know, five minutes or something like that. and. Um, so they did those papers and the um Marina Seas-Garner, for instance, did one on um, Sabbath is Virtue, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we've already posted that one on the website, and we will be posting the rest of the ones from that Sabbath panel. Right. Uh, Olive Hemings did just an amazing look at Sabbath through the lens of the third angel's message. And... Um, really, uh, you know, was the Old Testament prophet she always sounds like. Great. <laughs> so she was great.
0: So definitely check out the website for um, papers from the conference and future issues of the journal. Congratulations on volume 48, issue four, the latest issue that should be hitting folks' mailboxes uh, soon. soon.
1: Yes, I hope so.
0: Um, well. I want to talk about your editorial, but I'll just mention a couple of the uh, folks that um, people can read in the most recent issue of the journal. And if you're not a subscriber, now is a great time to subscribe. Yes. Um, And it can be mostly tax deductible as well. Um, You've got William G. Johnson. Bill Johnson
1: is just... um, Preaching
0: for us. Former editor of the Adventist Review and almost becoming a frequent contributor to the... Yes, we're
1: happy to have him.
0: uh, Chuck Scriven is in here, um, Admiral Nakube, and I won't go through everyone in here, but you've got um, some conversation about education in the time of COVID. Um from some great reporters and um, administrators, and then lessons from recent church history. So some um, coronavirus um, conversations, very timely. And uh, we've got also Chris Blake doing a book review um, on a book, When Scripture Meets Life, book review of Unclobber, Rethinking Our Misuse of the Bible on Homosexuality. And Chris Blake is... One of um, our great writers in the church.
1: I have to um, mention that Ron Lawson's piece in there on uh, LBGTQ members in the church is essentially a history of kinship. And I don't know that that has been uh, written in any other place. And so I think it's uh, a really significant piece Um, And Gil Valentine has uh, done some reading of new source material on Glacier View Uh, that's really good. And then that reporting on the uh, CARES Act was done by Alva Johnson at Southern Adventist University with some of her uh, journalism students and it's, its outstanding work. So some really good stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of good stuff, you wrote in your, you wrote an editorial. Here's the title, 2020, More Beautiful and More Terrible. Such a great title from Imani Perry's book. Um, What were you thinking about as you were writing your editorial?
1: (laughs) Well, that book, uh, More Beautiful, More Terrible, I really enjoyed it. And I, had not heard of it until our Friday Forum book group mm-hmm. uh, selected it as something to read. So I got it out, and in the beginning of the um, book, the author talks about the title, More Beautiful, More Terrible, comes from James Baldwin, and, and it was inspired by that, she said. But it was also inspired by this uh recording of two trombones by uh, Sonny Rollins and John Coltrane. Anyway, I uh, so I went and looked it up on YouTube and started playing it while I was reading the book. And what was fascinating to me was how listening to that music affected how I read the words that were in front of me. And uh, so that combination and and what she was wanting to accomplish in her book was not only to make you aware of the terrible things that have happened within the racial history of our country but also the beauty of black culture and that you have to understand both of those things sure. as you are talking uh race in um at any point in time. And that was a very helpful insight for me. Helpful to the discussion of race, which is so important this year, but to the whole year. Mm-hmm. Because this year has had just terrible things with the pandemic and all the people who have died and the shutdown of businesses. And and we've all had a terrible time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that there can be beauty that can um exist at the same time it it isn't one or the other um we we can have both
0: yeah we have to hold on to that paradox of yeah of really existence um for yeah. this time of year is um a time for me that i always enjoy being at church because i um just love the Christmas decorations that show up and the warmth that's, um, in, uh, in the church in folks' hearts, the hope for a new year that accompanies the Advent season. And, um, as we were, as you were talking about the conversations among the scholars, you were talking about incarnation and the Sabbath, and I'm I'd just love to get your thoughts uh, um, as a longtime observer of Adventism and a, a longtime attendee of local churches what um, What does the Advent season mean to you as an Adventist?
1: The uh, music and the lights and and all of that are are really the beautiful sides of things are really wonderful for quite a number of years the church the local church that i go to has done a drive through nativity mm-hmm. where we have scenes of christ's life and people drive through and and um doing that on a yearly basis has made the season i think all the more meaningful to me and the watching people take on the role of the various characters in in the story. And so that it's Christ's story, but our story becomes part of his. Mm. that, That back and forth between Christ's story becoming ours and ours becoming part of his. That exchange of story, I think, is significant. And that the story is about joy. Uh, that that's what he came to bring was joy Mm -hmm. and this year in particular boy do we need it Uh, and so anything that can bring us to that joy is is such a blessing
0: very true well it's always fun to talk with you and (laughs) um it's especially nice now as as we're thinking about the um the kind of closing of this year to um, get a message of joy and to look for um, joy that's out there. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Alex. Always a pleasure. Yes, I do, Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The
0: kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the
1: hungry and the lonely...
0: I'll never forget it.